0: This is the Cater Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. When all those military bases close as part of the anti political BRAC process, what happens to them? That is, aside from the occasional fish concert. In many cases, the land is easy to redevelop. In others, well, they just kind of sit there. Paul Gessing is president of the Rio Grande Foundation in New Mexico, a state replete with current and former military installations. We spoke last week. By way of background, what is BRAC, B-R-A-C?
1: Well, BRAC stands for Base Realignment and Closure. It is a process that was set up in, by Congress in the late 1980s Congressman Dick Army, at the time was the lead sponsor of the legislation, and it was a way for Congress to continue largely shutting post-World War II military installations throughout the United States that had outlived their usefulness and simply were not needed anymore. One of the double-edged swords, if you will, of the Vietnam Era was the shuttering of a lot, a lot of military installations preceding Brac, and that process was done without the commission, without the input of Congress uh, to a greater extent, and it ruffled a lot of feathers politically. Sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for purely, you know, local reasons, local economic reasons. But the Brac process set up a commission, and the commission said, this is the group of military bases we think need to be eliminated, and then Congress had an up or down vote. Arguably, it's the most effective budget-cutting program that Washington has ever had, which is a low bar indeed, but uh, the BRAC process is definitely something that we can look at and say that is a model for how to cut government spending.
0: Now, that, to be clear, uh, the explicit purpose of BRAC for arranging it the way that it was arranged was in to avoid these parochial interests, local congresspeople who say, "No, no, no." Let I'm all for closing unneeded bases, but this base in my state or my district is very important, uh, and I dispute whether or not you consider it to be. Uh, relatively useless or not in the strategic national interest
1: that's right uh, folks in congress who might be inclined to support shutting bases in other people's districts would often be concerned and opposed to shutting any base in their own area and they for they therefore uh, would stop and put riders on appropriations bills that prohibited those closures. And so you ultimately had that process of closing bases grind grind to a halt. And thankfully, this very creative solution of of BRAC helped to move those base closures forward. And it's been used five times. There has been consideration of an additional BRAC uh, round. Trump administration didn't get it done, certainly not in time. We'll see what the future holds, whether it's a Biden administration or Trump administration uh, continuance, who knows. But uh, definitely there's noise being made about needing another BRAC round. And certainly we know that with all the spending going on in Washington, uh, there, there's ample need for some kind of restraint and cuts. How much money has BRAC saved uh, the U.S. If, if we had to try to figure it out? That is a very difficult thing to answer. So it is worth going back and saying, in terms of bases, during the 60s and 70s, there was base closure because of the buildup of World War II. 800 military bases approximately were closed during the post-war period into the late 60s. And then you had a stalling of that situation where uh, in 1988, BRAC was needed And we've had 350 installations closed under BRAC. I would safely say that if you talk time and money, you know, compounding uh, money over the decades, you're talking, you know, trillions of dollars potentially saved by the federal government thanks to the BRAC process. But it is worth noting that preceding the BRAC process, the closures that were done uh, were more numerous and arguably saved even more money. But I don't think you have the political will at this time to just allow the administration, whoever's in power, to close the bases they see, say need to be closed.
0: So uh, what, what have been the lessons learned from uh, New Mexico's experience with BRAC?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we studied specifically base called walker air force base that was closed pre-brac so late 1960s vietnam war era and the the lessons learned for that from that experience were one especially for rural communities kind of far-flung you know roswell new mexico for people who know anything about it they probably hear the alien stories uh the landing in Roswell, and they've certainly made their name as a community on that. But uh, Walker Air Force Base was a major installation with the 509th Bombardment Wing. Uh, These are the B-29 super fortresses. Of course, the Enola Gay that uh, subsequently uh, dropped the first nuclear bomb on on Japan was uh, at one time stationed at Walker Air Force Base. So this is a significant installation there. But when that base was closed, Roswell did lose population uh, for that decade of the 60s. It was a huge challenge for that community. And one of the things we looked at and found is rural communities, because of the urbanization of America that seems to be accelerating, maybe COVID-19 will change that, but the uh, urbanization of America means that urban areas that have military bases can often rebound very quickly or not even be negatively impacted, whereas rural areas in states like New Mexico that tend to struggle economically have a lot of uh, policies in place uh, economically in the legislature, in the state's uh, economic policymaking has not been the most business-friendly, that those kinds of obstacles can lead to real challenges for rural communities. Now, Roswell is rebounding, it's doing much better, but a lot of locals who were there you know, back to the 60s say that it's never completely recovered. So there is a real economic challenge to be overcome, especially in rural areas that have relied on uh, those military installations for decades. These are massive installations.
0: There's a huge amount of cement and uh, buildings that often can't be used for that much else. Um the last big event that I can recall uh, occurring on an air force base was a three or four day fish concert. Um, but what hap- what happens to these bases, and and what can they be used for?
1: Yeah, it is a challenging thing to suddenly have a local community with a massive installation like this dropped in its lap, and so it becomes very quickly a local economic development question. And one of the things about the BRAC process that does separate itself from the prior closures, including that of Walker Air Force Base, is that you have federal dollars uh, brought to bear to assist in those local economic development efforts. And and that's an important aspect of the BRAC process that I think is kind of forgotten about or not acknowledged, especially maybe on the free market side, where we kind of question some of these local economic development programs, but that is a reality of the BRAC process that does help these local communities. But suddenly in the late 60s, Roswell, a community of you know, 50,000, 40,000 people had a, a runway, a 13,000 foot runway dropped in its lap that it can accommodate any plane ever made in the world. So it's a huge facility. Built for the military, of course, but now how do you uh, repurpose this thing to make it an economic driver for your area, for the state? So they tried manufacturing blue jeans. They had all this open space, and Levi Strauss moved in. Well, Levi Strauss eventually picked up and moved all their manufacturing overseas. You had bus manufacturing, and that was a tough uh, thing. Uh, Of course, it ultimately closed as well. One of the things that if you go to the Roswell Airport, Right now, which is former Walker Air Force Base, it's the Roswell Air Center, you have a boneyard. Uh, A boneyard is often known in the popular sense as a place where old airplanes, commercial jets, go to die. They go to sit in the desert and be scrapped for parts. And that is certainly part of what happens at a boneyard, including the one at Roswell's airport. The other thing is that it's repair and maintenance of these airplane fleets. And during the COVID-19 situation that we've had, uh, uh, the Roswell facility has seen a tripling in the amount of airplanes commercial airliners have been stationing there. So suddenly, kind of dumb luck, if you will, you've had a massive uptick in the amount of commercial jets because there's such a hit to the traffic right now uh, of air traffic. You're seeing a huge influx of jets, and that's Big economic driver right now, thankfully. So, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more lucky than good, but definitely this facility is a local development challenge, as many Air Force bases, military bases are around the country when local governments suddenly inherit the, these places and try to figure out what to do with them. There's others that Philadelphia had a naval yard, very urban area, and it's almost a huge win to clear out that military base and then be able to develop it in a place where land is at a premium, especially that urbanized land. That is something that is much easier to do in those big urban areas. Roswell, New Mexico is not a big urban area. It's relatively sparsely populated area. And uh, that challenge looms much larger, but it's a it's a f- interesting experiment. It's something they're still struggling with over fifty years after the base closed.
0: You mentioned rumblings of uh, a potential new round of brac. How likely do you think that is, and is there a sufficient appetite uh, in Congress? I mean I suspect they're worried about other things right now, but um you know would it would it be on track to have an, another brac next
1: year? Yeah, I certainly think that another brac is not too far away in the offing. It's uh, it's definitely needed to put the federal budget in a more sound footing. Uh, and we've just gotten out of control in our spending and need to do something. And BRAC is the best method we've developed in Washington for constraining that federal budget. Uh, hopefully, the BRAC model can be used elsewhere in the federal budget as well. I think that is something that needs to be explored. It's really been successful with closing military installations, and it needs to be applied elsewhere where Congress isn't willing to act.
0: Paul Gessing is president of the Rio Grande Foundation. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.